Welcome to Buzzed with Brian. I am your host, Brian. We're going to talk about beer, the history, and drinking. Before today's episode, I have a special announcement to make, and really, it's a thank you. Thank you to you all for successfully nominating me as one of Madison's best new podcasts. It has been your continued support and the votes you cast that got me past this nomination phase. We are now moving into the final stages of this voting process. That's right. For the entire month of April, you can find the link added into my episode description to take you to the website to vote for who you think will be the Madison's best podcast of 2022. I would love for you all to continue to support me, find that link, and select Buzz with Brian as your favorite Madison podcast for 2022. Thanks so much again, everyone. Now, on to this week's episode. Hey there, beer fans. Welcome to this week's episode. You all asked, and here you are about to receive. So thank you to the people that wrote in for this week and actually even next week's episode ideas. So shout out to Mikkel, shout out to Sam, shout out to Garrett, shout out to everyone out there. This week, we are going to feature a special NA, that's right, a non-alcoholic beer episode. We're going to go over the history a little bit. We're going to go over how these beers are made, and we're going to sample some delicious brews. Next week, I'm going to have my buddy Garrett on, and we're going to do a little special NA taste test as well, so stay tuned for next week. Today's episode is sponsored by Designated Drivers. That's right, the DD. It makes sense. If we're going to do an NA episode, might as well be sponsored by DDs everywhere. On this episode today, we are going to be enjoying several beers, that's right, several beers from Untitled Arts. They're in Wanakee, Wisconsin, just north of the Madison area, and they make a lot of NA beers. I haven't had any of the ones we're about to have on today, and we're going to feature three of them. That's right, a triple feature today. Have not had three beers on one episode since I sat down with Mike from Hubbleton in episode 006, so with that, let's get on to this show. Okay, first off, let's talk about the history of the non-alcoholic beer. And honestly, this episode could go on for days if we really dived into all the nitty-gritty details. However, for brevity, we'll just kind of stick to the highlights for today. So when you think about a non-alcoholic beer, or more likely just a really low percentage beer, this goes back to the medieval times. I think we touched based on that a little bit in the Saison episode recently, talking about, you know, diluting beers down or serving your worker throughout the day, something that's going to be very sessionable and has a really, really low percentage so they can still stand up at the end of their shift. However, the NA beers that we know of today in the U.S. are not quite as old. I think a really good starting point would be obviously to talk about Prohibition. Prohibition was a 13-year stretch when the country went dry. That's right, alcohol could not be legally produced or served across the United States. Congress approved to have our Constitution amended in 1919, and the country went dry starting on January 17th of 1920. Another trivial fact here, just before the official prohibition started, Congress at the tail end of the Great War, or later known as World War I, passed a Prohibition War Act. That's right. So part of this, they banned the sale of alcoholic beverages having an ABV higher than 1.28%. Very, very low, right? Might as well be drinking water. 
The Prohibition War Act was intended to save grain for this war effort. However, the war had already ended by the time it took effect on June 30th of 1919. And another fun fact here is the following day, July 1st of 1919, became known as the Thirsty First. <laughs> Sounds something straight out of a frat movie, but that's that's what they call it. I think that's hilarious. So breweries, though, are already, you know, in a pinch, and they had about a six-month buffer between this Prohibition War Act taking place and actual Prohibition settling in, like I said earlier, in January of 1920. And they needed to figure out, how are we going to stay afloat? How are we going to make money here? And... Truth be told, a lot of breweries did die off during Prohibition and even the post-Prohibition era. The breweries that did survive this period of time came up with some creative ways to stay afloat. For example, Yingling Brewery, the oldest brewery out in Pottsville, PA, said that they sold ice cream during the Prohibition era. That's right. Some other breweries said, eh, the hell with the feds, we'll keep making more beer and we'll just distribute it. Lastly, some breweries did start to produce some of the first non-alcoholic beers in the U.S. And this is where one of the bigger stigmas towards N.A. beers comes from. The beers of this era were thought to be very watered down and cheaply made, and indeed fact they were. I can't imagine that they tasted very good. But we fast forward to 1990, and this is when Anheuser-Busch said, hey, maybe we can revamp this N.A. beer thing a little bit and come up with a better product than what people remembered from way back when. And they released O'Doul's. O'Doul's for quite some time has been the flagship N.A. beer. It's the most well-known one. It's what people turn to. It's what people recognize as, yep, that's a non-alcoholic beer. Now, you're probably saying, Brian, that beer isn't that great. And I'm not saying it's not great. It's a very simple beer. It'll get the job done, right? But if you fast forward to the modern day era, you're right. There's a lot more exciting stuff out of the market now, especially when it comes to N.A. beers. In fact, in the last five years alone, the NA beer market in the U.S. has seen great leaps in sales volume. It has increased five-fold, and market beer experts predict that this will continue to rise in the U.S. They hypothesize that health-conscious millennials and Gen Zers who are flocking to all these new craft breweries are what's driving the market for these NA beers. And craft breweries are starting to respond and recognize the demand, and they want to create great tasting products that mirror their other offerings. So no longer is an N.A. beer just a cheap, bland ale, but you can have an N.A. beer of many different style offerings, and it will taste damn good. So before we get into the beers for today, let's, let's talk about how are these beers made? N.A. beers, for the most part, go through the entire normal process of brewing beer. Making a mash, extracting sugars from that grain, then boiling a wort, adding hops, and finishing with a yeast for fermentation. However, instead of heading for the keg, bottle, or can, the beer in question then goes through a final step, which there are three common ones. The first is that they expose the brew to a high heat for a long period of time. They want to bring that brew up to a boiling temperature of ethanol, because when yeast ferments our sugars into alcohol, ethanol is what they produce. And the boiling point of ethanol is 173 degrees Fahrenheit, which is well below the boiling point of water at 212. This process is cheaper and very effective in getting rid of the alcohol in the beer, but it does come at a cost. The high temperature boil can affect the flavor and potentially create some undesirable effects in the beer. So. That brings us to our number two option for creating an N.A. beer, 
and this route is a little more technical, but it can offset some of those potential undesirable flavors. This process is called vacuum distilling. The brewer sends the beer through a lower pressurized system, and that's right, think back to your chemistry class days in high school and college. When you decrease the atmospheric pressure, you also decrease the boiling point, so this allows for brewers to boil off this ethanol closer to a room temperature which won't affect the beer as much. The last option that they have that I'm aware of is the most time and cost intensive, and it uses a reverse osmosis system. The beer mixture is passed through a filter with pores so small that only the alcohol and water can pass through it, and that leaves behind all of the other goodies with the flavor profile left on the other side of the filter. The brewer then boils off the ethanol just like they would in the water ethanol solution, and the water is then rejoined with this syrupy-like mixture that contains all of those flavors with the beer on the other side. Of course, after all of this is done, the brewer then finishes off with a forced carbonation by injecting CO2 back into the mixture prior to bottling or canning or kegging. This gives you that carbonated profile that you're used to when you crack open a cold one and enjoy your beer. And with that, that wraps up the ways that NA beers are made most often these days. Alright, so Untitled Arts is the brewery that we have featured today for these three beers. And it was founded in 2016 in Wanakee, Wisconsin. First, we cannot keep talking about Untitled Arts if we don't mention Octopi Brewery. That's right, Octopi is a contract beverage facility where the Untitled Arts beer is made, also in Wanakee, Wisconsin. Octopi was created by Isaac Showaki in 2015. His goal was to help people create their high-quality products from start to canning or bottling, whether it was beer or another beverage item. Insert Levi Funk in 2016, and him and Isaac from Octopi joined forces to make Untitled Art. Their vision was to start creating beers that were hard to find in Wisconsin at this time. And they were thinking, you know, the hazy IPAs, sour beers, adjunct heavy-fruited ales, things of that nature that every time they went to an out-of-state beer festival or brewery festival, they saw a ton of them. And then they came back to Wisconsin, and there just wasn't a ton of it out there on the market. So they wanted to create this brand that showcased a lot of these awesome, new, fun styles of beers that we've come to love in the last five. Untitled Arts has also partnered with over a dozen breweries across the U.S., and that really plays into this contract brewery concept that Isaac started with Octopi. Anyone can come in with an idea for a beer or a different you know, non-alcoholic beverage and collaborate with the current people that are there, and they can make it together. Isaac and Levi also want to change up the game on how the distribution of their beer works. Since Prohibition, distributors lobbied to create these franchise laws to protect their business. What this means is that the brewery, retailer, and distributor are all separate tiers, and one entity cannot own another. So distributors created these franchise laws that once a brewery signs with a distributor, financially it becomes very challenging to break that franchise agreement. Furthermore, a distributor can at any point dictate where the product goes, and at any point can stop distributing that product. Isaac and Levi have continued to team up with like-minded groups across the U.S. to create their own network of ways to distribute not only Untitled Arts product, but any of the other beers that they've collaborated with at their brewery and all the other products created at Octopi. So really a big tip of the cap for Levi and Isaac to be kind of pioneers and trailblazers in this new age of craft beer. 
Okay, we have arrived at the best part of the show. Time to drink some beer and talk about it. We are going to feature, like I said, three beers from Untitled Arts. It's going to be a little different today on the episode because the three beers I have are three very different styles. We aren't reviewing two different breweries' beers of the same style. We have three different styles. So we have a Italian-style Pilsner, the Florida Vice, which is a passion fruit wheat-styled beer, and lastly, their Juicy IPA. One cool thing about Untitled Arts cans is that they have actual artists create all the artwork on the can. On the Florida Vice and the Juicy IPA, it is given credit for a Stephanie Hammond for creating the artwork. And on the Italian Pilsner, it gives credit for a Noelle Miller. So I think that's a really cool way to let Untitled Arts showcase, you know, not only are they creating art with their beer, but the artists that help create the labels. And if you wanted to look up maybe some of their other artwork to, you know, purchase some of their stuff. So that's really neat. So with that, let's let's get on to the pour of these beers. Okay, the first beer we have here is that Italian Pilsner. We're pouring it out right now, and there is a lot of carbonation on this, and I think that's pretty appropriate for the style. I mean, we're getting a solid inch of white foam just kind of resonating on the top of this, and the color is a light yellow straw. So, I mean, appearance-wise, this looks like a Pilsner, and I'm very excited to drink this, but first, let's get a little aroma. Oh, yeah, all that beautiful white head there is, oh, wow. I'm getting a lot of uh, very citrus pine notes. I mean, really very floral fragrance-like on the nose. And if we work past this foam, let's get into a sip. Mm. Oh, wow. What? One more. That's unbelievable. I can't believe this is a non-alcoholic beer. Wow, that is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, the first sip, very acidic. Uh, I get a very, like, a specific grapefruit from the citrus forward and it leaves a little bit of a bite on that tongue i think that's acidity coming through but let me get into one more sip here mm, mm-hmm. yeah that transitions into a really bitter finish and that's where the hops i think really come through um, i'm getting a kind of reminiscent of a west coast ipa with a pine resiny flavor um, very delightful and you know overall i'm gonna say this 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 beer surprisingly a very full body i mean i guess i didn't know what to expect for a NA. Maybe in my mind, I was like, oh, it's going to feel a little thin, but no, this is a, a full body with a nice crisp lager finish. Balance wise, this is a hop dominated beer, which I guess when you think about a Pilsner, a little surprising, you know, you think it to be a little more bright, a little more clean. Um, some of that grain bill might shine through, but no, this is a hop dominated beer. The drinkability is unbelievable though. I mean, this is a crushable beer. Like my goodness. The fact that there's no alcohol in this, and I, I honestly, quite frankly, I'm going to call up Untitled Arts right now. I don't believe them. This is unbelievable. I, I would, I would gladly have several of these on a warm summer day, but let's get on to our next beer. Okay, beer number two. We have the NA Florida Vice here, and we're pouring it out. It looks very, very pretty. I mean, it's got a, like almost like a ruby orange-like hue to it. It's opaque completely. You know, can't see through it at all. And um, the carbonation, very mild. You know, the head disappeared very quickly on this. So let's get in for a little aroma here. Mm, mm-hmm. That, that's, uh, I mean, that's fruit forward. I think that's as advertised. Very, very much so a passion fruit. But let's get a deeper inhale here. Yeah, 
kind of I'm getting a little bit of a some vanilla notes in the background on the uh, on the on a more in-depth inhale, but definitely still passion fruit dominating the glass. So let's get into a sip. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one more. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, fruit forward again. I think the passion fruit really dominates with you know some tangerine notes in the background. And uh, let me get one more sip here real quick. So yeah, as I'm letting this sit on the tongue here, uh, some of that kind of, I mean, it's a, it's a wheat-styled beer, right? So some of that wheat grain bill is actually starting to come through on the aftertaste, which I do like. Um, you know, it is such a fruit-dominated, and I think passion fruit is one of those adjuncts that can really dominate the flavor profile of the beer. So it's nice to have a little extra something on the end. And then as far as like the mouthfeel and the texture goes, you know, they say they use a puree on the can and that, that holds true. This is definitely a thicker bodied beer. Again, I'm very impressed by, you know, I came into this thinking, oh, these beers are all going to taste kind of thin to me, but no, this, this tastes like a genuine beer without the alcohol. It's, it's incredible. Balance wise. I mean, it's an, it's an all fruited sour, you know, with a touch of wheat flavor for that balance on the end drinkability. You're going to have to like sours. You're going to have to like passion fruit to enjoy this beer. But considering it's an NA, you can make this a, I would say, a breakfast OJ substitute and <laughs> have no consequence for the day. So let's get on to our last beer. Okay, we have our last beer of this triple feature. It is the non-alcoholic juicy IPA. And this beer is pouring out a very nice gold color. I would say it's got a little, you know, medium cloudy haze to it as it pours out. Similar to the Italian Pilsner, it has about an inch of white foam on the top, but it is definitely uh, quicker to dissipate out. The Pilsner foam kind of really sat on top of that beer for a good little bit. So let's get in on the aroma here. What do we have for smell? Hmm. Okay. This is very familiar. This is very familiar. And I think, hold on. So I'm getting more of like an earthy soil with just some fresh pine. Not a ton of citrus coming through, but when I look at, let me look at the, uh, yeah, so the hops in this beer are citra and mosaic. That's that's why it's so familiar to me. I love IPAs that have that kind of combination of hop characters hanging out together, but I don't get a ton of citrus on this. I'm getting more of the pine, so I wonder if they used a little bit more of the mosaic than citrus on the uh, brewing process, but let's get into a first sip here. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. One more, real quick. Hmm. So, yeah, it's. I mean, very mellow. I'm, I'm getting a lot of like muted hop flavors. Nothing's like really like you know immediately jumps off the page and like is smacking you in the face. I think that the the pine shines through the most for me. And on the end, let me get one more sip. Yeah, so that pine really shines through on the front end, and it finishes with the lime, almost like a lime grapefruit combination, just like the zest coming through. The The mouthfeel definitely has some softness to this beer, and I wonder if you know they use some of the oats and the grain bill to achieve that. Overall, it's a, a medium to full-bodied beer. Uh, I, this is actually quite filling. I, I'm, you know, kind of working through this glass here, and it's it's kind of sitting in the stomach. Granted, this is the third beer of the show, <laughs> but I think you know this definitely has a little more body to it than the other two offerings. Uh, balance. I mean, it's a hop forward beer, but with how muted the flavors are, it almost allows for the grain bill to shine through, which is kind of nice. Drinkability. It's it's fairly approachable, much like many hazy IPAs. I think anyone that's looking to dive into a IPA market, especially getting an NA one, this would be a good offering. But nothing really stands out to me here on this one. So I'm going to finish drinking these beers and we'll get on to some ratings. 
Okay, zero to five. So I'm gonna go in reverse order here and we're gonna rate what I just finished with, the hazy IPA, the non-alcoholic juicy, first. And like I said, I, I nothing really impressed me about this beer, but I think it's a nice entry level um, hazy IPA if you're kind of going for that flavor. And obviously if you, it's great to see a quality tasting hazy in a non-alcoholic offering. So I'm gonna give it a 3.5 out of five. And next up we had the Florida Vice, the second beer of the day. So that I I enjoyed, and I think it was quite good for the style. And like I said before, you have to like passion fruit, you have to like sour beers to enjoy this beer, but for what it was, I thought it was a really well done version of it, so that beer is going to get a 4.0 out of 5. And last but not least, the first beer we had of the day, the Italian Pilsner, and I think we all know where this one is going, because I was just, my, my response on the first sip, I was blown away. I could not believe, I still can't believe that that is an actual non-alcoholic beer. Great taste, really great profile overall. I mean, it hit a lot of the notes uh, expected of a Pilsner style. The only thing that I'm going to dock it on, and this is just me being a stickler, is I think it was a little too hoppy. I could almost borderline call it a regular IPA, but it was incredible. And that beer is going to get a 4.5 out of 5. So... 4.5 out of 5 for the Italian Pilsner, 4.0 for the Florida Vice, and 3.5 out of 5 for the Juicy IPA. And that's a review. All right, beer fans, that brings us to the end of the episode today. I hope you had a good time listening. I definitely had a really nice time with this episode, uh, enjoying some new beers for me and enjoying some NA beers and seeing that, hey, there's some good stuff out of the market. Got to give a quick shout out again to the audience members that wanted this episode. So thank you, Mikkel. Thank you, Sand. Thank you, Garrett. Also, thank you, Garrett, for agreeing to come on to the show for next week's episode. For the audience out there, stay tuned on that one. We're going to do another NA-styled beer That episode is sure to be a good time. And if you're looking to find some of the NA-styled beers I've had today out in the wild, you can definitely find Untitled Arts beers coast-to-coast. So as I mentioned earlier in their history with their unique network of distribution, they and the people that they partner with and collaborate with, their beer ends up in a whole bunch of places. You can check out their website to see if your state carries Untitled Arts, but certainly You can find this beer out there, and please do. Whether it's their non-alcoholic stuff we tried today or the regular stuff, it's all really, really good. As always, feel free to check out the social media. Feel free to give me a like, a follow, subscribe. I really appreciate the support there. It's been very helpful for me to kind of keep this podcast fueled and ready to go. If you want to write in for another episode idea, just like the one we had today, feel free to reach me at buzzedwithbrian at gmail.com or slide into those DMs on the Instagram. Anyways... Looking forward to getting back on the mic here again soon. Cheers, beers. <laughs>